0: amen so um, I say it whereas a theme may be set your life's experience might be different sometimes it doesn't mean that God is not working in your life hallelujah for example we can say it's the year of great joy but you are having an experience that might not necessarily be reflecting that it doesn't mean that God is not working that hallelujah God is still working in your life and I say For us this year, a scripture that dawned in my spirit, which has been the tradition for many churches to give a theme. For me, I just say this will be a scripture that will be in our mind is Luke chapter two, verse 32. Hallelujah. Luke chapter two, verse 32. It's a beautiful scripture. It says, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Amen luke chapter 2 verse 32. so this verse comes after a series of events the angel of the lord gabriel appears to mary hallelujah and uh, first of all jesus is born in luke chapter one Um, um, no so it starts with luke explaining the narrative and then talking about talking about the period that they were in and then the angel of the Lord appears to um, Zachariah and prophesies about John the Baptist and <laughs> hallelujah and, uh, and Zachariah um, seems to be in doubt and therefore he's silent until the time that the baby is born and he speaks and prophesies concerning the great things about Jesus and then also before the baby is born <laughs> Elizabeth goes to see uh, Mary goes to see Elizabeth after she has had an encounter with the angel. So two things the angel appears to both Zachariah and Mary all right to Zachariah and Mary and when the angel appears to Zachariah The angel speaks of things concerning the birth of Jesus and the things that he speaks from a natural perspective are not possible Because they were of age Are we together? They were of age they were of age and when the angel tells Zachariah these things or should I say Zacharias whichever way you pronounce it he asked a question he asked the question and Zacharias in verse 18 of Luke chapter 1 and Zacharias said unto the angel whereby shall I know this Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee th- these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, I try to avoid so much jokes so that when I'm editing the sermon, it's easier. So I don't want to increase work for myself, but I feel like a prompting to just give a joke. So the Lord helped me. But I don't know why the boy child. Why? Because he asked when. Eh? He asked a question Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife, well stricken in years. Mary also asked, how shall this be? For I have not known a man. But Mary's was registered as faith. And the boy child was registered as doubt. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. So, huh? Yes. It's an honest question. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I mean, Luke one eighteen, he asked, whereby shall I know this? For I am a man who's well stricken in years and also my wife Elizabeth. Because what you're telling us humanly speaking is not possible. Then the angel appears to Mary. Hallelujah. I can see Jahera has found a competitor. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, then the angel appears to Mary. Alright. Verse 30. And the angel said unto her, fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. We're still in Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, verse 34. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? What she was saying is, how is this possible for me to give birth to a child, yet I know not a man, yet I am not involved in the natural way in which children are conceived? Hallelujah. That's what she was asking. But the angel blessed her. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hey, my lord. And the angel answered her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God and behold thy cousin Elizabeth shall also conceive a son in our old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren so for one she was barren and then they were stricken with old age so the promise was impossible on the other hand Mary had never known a man so it was impossible for what was being spoken to come to pass two impossibilities from a natural standpoint although for the boy child i don't know why it was registered as doubt <laughs> praise the lord but anyway the good thing is it came to pass praise the lord and when the big when john was born Zacharias opened his mouth and he testified hallelujah now something beautiful is when Mary now went because the angel had told Mary that Elizabeth is six months pregnant right so Mary goes to see Elizabeth and when she arrives John the Baptist leaps in the womb because he was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb hallelujah praise the Lord I've heard other pastors say they've been filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) Let's just say it's here in the Bible. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And when she saluted Elizabeth, when she saluted Elizabeth, and I don't know, all these characters are here in our congregation. We have Mary, we have Zacharias, we have another Mary here, we have Zacharias, and we have Elizabeth um, somewhere in Raqqa. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, But we have all these characters. Maybe they should dramatize it here for us, right? Okay alright good (laughs) and verse 44 says for as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears the babe leaped in my womb for joy and blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told of her from the Lord for there shall be a performance of those things which were told of her from the Lord there shall be a performance of those things blessed is she that believed and this is one of the things I emphasize to you, I said blessed are you because you have believed. Because there shall be a performance of those things which have been spoken from the Lord. If we believe, we shall see the performance of those things. So she said blessed are you. You are blessed because you have believed. Because you have believed, you are blessed. Hallelujah. Because you have believed the gospel, beloved, we are Blessed. We are blessed, Amen. We are blessed, and so the story continues. And now we come to chapter two, where there were two people who the Lord had convicted them about the coming of Christ, which was Simeon and Anna. All right, is it Hannah or Anna? It is Hannah. My Bible is in without a H. It's not a Kamba thing, by the way. Eh? It's not a Kamba thing hallelujah praise the Lord yeah it, it, it. so there was okay f- for the sake of this conversation let us call her Hannah Hannah ha- Hannah all right and Simeon and the Lord had spoken to them concerning Christ now when Jesus was born now Simeon begins to speak and when he saw Jesus the Bible says And he came by the Spirit, this is Simeon, to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us though thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Now, remember I also told you Simeon Had not seen this baby become. The baby was tiny and yet he said I have seen your salvation. He never saw what would happen with the growth of Jesus to his death but he believed the Lord's report without seeing the maturity or the growing of this child in stature in all other areas of life to become the sacrifice that is given for our sake on the cross but he believed the Lord's report so there's a lot of lessons on faith that can just be a whole sermon by itself hallelujah praise the Lord but he said something he said in verse 2 a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel the glory of thy people Israel and a light to lighten the Gentiles now it's interesting that these two statements a light to lighten thy gentiles and the glory of thy people israel were impossibilities from the get-go because no one believed the gentiles had any part in salvation are we together are we together no one believed the gentiles had any part in salvation you can see it in the book of acts where they still did not believe that the gentiles were supposed to be partakers of salvation so when it says uh, a light to lighten the gentiles it's a statement that goes contrary to what the jews believed are we together and then when it says and the glory of your people israel goes contrary to also how they embraced jesus because jesus was never the glory of the jews he was never the glory of israel they actually crucified him they rejected him so the bible says he came to his own and his own Did not receive him. So he was never really the glory of the people of Israel. As a matter of fact, he was an object of scorn. They had a problem with him. The Jews had a problem with him. And the Gentiles, who were no people? Talk about mediocrity. That was the Gentiles. (laughs) There's nothing important about them. The Bible is saying there shall be a light to lighten the Gentiles. A light to lighten the Gentiles. And the glory of thy people Israel. How, how was Jesus the glory of the people Israel? Yet the Israel rejected him. And how was Jesus a light to lighten the Gentiles? Yet the Gentiles were considered to be in darkness. If you actually look at the description that Paul gives about Gentiles who don't know Christ in Ephesians chapter 4, he says they were blinded, they were darkened in their understanding. They had no life of God in them. We were so distant, yet the Bible is saying that Jesus shall be a light to lighten the Gentiles. These things that were spoken prophetically never seemed possibilities. They never seemed possibilities. Amen. But we see the plan and the intent of God to manifest these realities. Now, if we go to our presentation, a light to lighten the Gentiles, it's very easy for us to think that Jesus is the light, that the lighting of the Gentiles is the Gentiles now understanding Christ, which there's a part of that in Scripture. Hallelujah! Where Jesus came to reveal God. But in this particular text, it was a very different kind of meaning. And both ideas find their place in Scripture. I want you to understand that. The part of Jesus revealing the Father, the part of Jesus bringing light to people who are in darkness, is there in the Scripture? Hallelujah! As a matter of fact, Zechariah no prophesied about it in Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 1, Zechariah gave that particular expression. Luke chapter 1, um, verse 76. When now Zechariah's mouth opened at the birth of John the Baptist. Hallelujah. Is, are you're following with me? All right. It says, And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Listen to that. Luke chapter 1 verse 79. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To give our feet, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Alright? So there's the part where Jesus came to bring light to those who are in darkness. And that is a biblical concept that I think we have touched on and we will touch on more and more. But this one is a different one. Luke 2. 32 is a different meaning. The word lighten is the word apocalypsis, which I have shared with you before. Now, the reason why we share these Greek words is not to sound so deep. Hallelujah. It's for understanding. When it says a light to lighten the Gentiles, the word lighten means laying bare. That means laying bare or making naked hallelujah praise the lord we have an active congregation laying bare or making naked a disclosure of truth instruction concerning things before unknown used of events by which things or states of persons hitherto withdrawn from the view are made visible to all all right praise the lord hallelujah praise god so jesus is the light that lightens the gentiles i have said It is used, that word light and apocalypsis is used of events by which things or states of persons up to this particular point withdrawn from view are made visible to all. So there are states of persons. There is a status of people that is not visible to the naked eye. It is not possible to know what your life contains but now jesus comes and reveals the status of your life in a way that men have never seen it before hallelujah praise the lord praise god um it's the word it's manifestation and appearance when the bible says and all creation eagerly awaits for that manifestations of the sons of God. So the Bible is talking about the manifestation. He is the light that manifests the Gentile. He is the light that manifests the Gentile. Praise the Lord. Another word is that word disclosure. Disclosure is appearing, coming, light and manifestation or revelation. And all those notes are there. What are we saying? We are saying that Jesus came to reveal the Gentiles. Which means the Gentiles were living in darkness. And Jesus came and brought them to light. To be seen. Before there were no people. Now they are a people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 2 is one uh, another scripture we read first Corinthians chapter 2 now please understand this when you read this particular text there are some people that uh, there's a context in which Paul has a discussion Paul says From verse 26, before you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, before you get to chapter 2, all right? Remember, we always say contextual reading. Contextual reading. Are we together? So, before you get to the thoughts of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, there's something important Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. He says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. You see that? Watch it so some NLT uh, version. From verse 26, it says, But to those called by God to... Um, it says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy, when God called you. All right? So it means that God's calling was not based on your power or wealth. It says that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose those things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose those things that are powerless to shame those who are Powerful. God chose those things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So even God Himself chose the things that were despised and not Appealing in the eyes of the world. Which means, even the state of the man that which God calls is that that man is not a man that is considered to be important or great or significant. As a matter of fact, if you think you are significant or you're important or you are powerful, when you come to God, all that, what do you call it in your? Gen Z language, vibes. All those vibes are stripped off you. And you have to begin again with God from scratch. Are we together? All right. Yani, if you come from the world and you come to the kingdom, that reputation you have in the world, in the kingdom, it's not giving. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's Gen Z language. It's not giving. Huh? Praise God. I am connecting with our, congregate, our congregant here. All right. So, um. You understand so even Paul with his status when he came into the kingdom all that did not mean anything the rich young ruler was wealthy Jesus told him go and sell everything you have and follow me and that guy was like it's it's really impossible so we never transfer this thing we don't transfer what we had in darkness into the kingdom of God And that's where sometimes as the body of Christ we've made a mistake. Because we think if we win this person who is celebrated or famous, when he comes into the kingdom, he will transfer the same impact and pull people to Christ. How many of you know a guy called Mr. Googs? Remember Mr. Googs? How many of you know he's a pastor right now? Mr. Googs is a serious pastor. In Kiambu. Nobody knows him. The same fame he had is not transferable on this side. He's had to start as a pastor from ground up. You know, I remember there was a time Bamboo was on TV and he was having a discussion. And some of those people he was discussing with, I think they were LGBTQ. And one of the ladies was saying, you know, I used to be a fan of you in your day, in, back in the day. I wondered where you had gone to. You're a pastor. <laughs> you see, you never move with that fame that glory you have, you can't come with it, that was not given by God, so you have to lose it all Paul Paul was this guy who was feared, you remember when I was telling you the story, when Paul came to the kingdom of God, his entry into salvation was blindness he started as a blind man and then he was prayed for and then the guy disappeared from the scene, he said he went to Arabia for how many years Three years. And when you see Paul again, he began from, he didn't come with the same cloud. In God, you don't come with the same cloud. Whatever you had in the world remains. Paul said, I count everything as done for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And the reality of the power and the ability of God to save is that you never come with that thing. That's the mistake that sometimes we have tried. You know, when Mace... How many of you remember Mace? The rapper, Mace. How many of you remember Mace? Being around the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Ha! Mace was this famous rapper. who was signed by Bad Boy Records, BDD. And Mace was big. When Mace became born again, Mace became a pastor. And he took another pastor to confuse him back into the world. Because the pastor will not be able to handle Mace. Because there's this famous celebrity scripture, they say, Go and do what you're called to do. Mace thought he was told to go back to fame. Because in the kingdom of God, you leave everything behind, you don't carry the same fame. Let me tell you, you could be commanding 10,000 people. You get saved, you have five congregants. Even getting 10 is a problem. And you wonder how do these things work? That's what the Bible says. With God, when he called us, it was not based on what was considered great in the world. Praise the Lord. So now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says. Are you following me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, But as it is written in verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit such as all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. The things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not received, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Which we also speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Hallelujah. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judge of no man for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ so the things that God has prepared for you they are spiritually discerned it takes the eye of the Spirit to know that which God has put inside of you. So Jesus being the light that lightens the Gentiles, Jesus is the one that unveils the Gentile. The one that was in darkness, he unveils him. The one that was worthless, he unveils him. The one that was mediocre, he makes him someone significant. It takes Christ To reveal the true status of a man. Hallelujah. Praise God. So those things are spiritually discerned. So it is not a calculation through human tactics. Hallelujah. You know I was watching a certain preacher that when he was the first first days on the come up. I liked him. I liked him. He's a very bougie and flashy young black preacher in the US. I can't remember his name. He was like this cool pastor and everything, but now he's bought in so much into the culture that now Christ has come out. Because it's trying to appease the way of the world. When you try to do it in the way of the world, it doesn't work. It doesn't work, praise God. It never works, we can't use the same tactics. And that's where we have had this conundrum, this mixture. Where you find the body of Christ trying to do things like the world. There's a friend, there's a guy I was talking to, I didn't know that this happened, that they were in a certain conference, and it was a conference that was a big conference, and it also had a fashion show. It had a fashion show, there was like catwalking, there was catwalking and all this kind of stuff. Because we we're trying to be relevant with the kingdom, praise the Lord. Now what have we said? We have said these things are spiritually... Designed. They are spiritually designed. So, listen, if you want to have an impact, if we want to have an impact as a church, it is not based on which celebrity we invite. Hallelujah. I saw an article, was it on one of these gutter presses? One socialite is looking for a church. And she was asking people to give a suggestion of a church that she can attend to. And now you see people people are like, no, 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 let me tell you, no matter how many famous people we bring here, they can never, they can never bring the move of God. If anything, their fame will just bring people who are carnal. Maybe people who are carnal, but their motive will not be for, for them to receive Christ. Unless Jesus draws a man, they will come and they will go. They will not sustain. Praise the Lord they will not sustain. It's, you cannot sustain the things of God through these models of the world. Hallelujah. And you have seen how many renowned preachers have gotten into problems because of those associations. You're associating with people and their reputation is not godly. So when they, their works of darkness are being exposed, your reputation is also carried with it because the things of God are spiritually discerned. Praise God. You remember that testimony by Pastor James, uh, is it called Kalwai? When he was saying when they were in the occult. You remember that story? How many of you saw that testimony? That the church that was giving them problems was a church of 20 people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> a church of 20 guys was giving them trouble. That they couldn't operate in a certain area because of just some 20 people. So you might think it is the numbers, but the things of God are spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritually discerned, praise the Lord. There is a pastor I know in this city. That guy does not have a congregation. But I know pastors who have congregations, and when they're in a crisis, they go to that man's house for counsel and direction. I know renowned pastors who go to that man for cancelling, even concerning their marriage. Yet this guy does not have a congregation. Hallelujah. He doesn't have a congregation. The things of God are spiritually discerned. That's why Paul was saying, we apostles are treated like the dung of the earth. We are making many rich, but we ourselves poor. Why? Because the apostles were the ones who were laboring. Now when things are working, you know, hallelujah, things are working, these churches are thriving, they start despising people like Paul because now the labor in which they put in now there are others who are now enjoying the fruit of it and they think it is by their own ability, praise the Lord so the things of God are spiritually discerned that means when Jesus is the light that reveals the Gentiles, the things or the deposits of God that are in your life or the potential thereof, for all the things that God has intended for you. They do not take a man, but it takes the Spirit of God to reveal those things. It takes the Spirit of God to reveal those things. And the bounds in which, uh, uh, and and the extent to which God can use you is also not determined by man, it's determined by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is that clear? So the things that are in your life, they are spiritually discerned. So my role as a pastor is to ensure that I am spiritually, a uh, Gen Z word, spiritually connected, I'm spiritually woke, yeah? <laughs> is to ensure that I am discerning in the spirit so that I can see by the spirit because those things are spiritually discerned. It means it changes the way I treat people because if I see by the spirit then I know this person is a carrier of God not to be mistreated when we lack that, when we treat each other naturally, that's when you see the problems that we have in the church you know this small, small chaos people have these fightings, this gossip this negativity these things, is because we have lost spiritual discernment we are not able to see with the eyes of the spirit. Now, after sharing that, I'd like us to pay attention to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Now, uh, just before, before you get there, 2nd Corinthians chapter. Five First Corinthians Chapter Five from verse sixteen. It says Second Corinthians Chapter Five from verse sixteen. It says so, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Is that clear? So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we now know him. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone. A new life has begun so the evaluation from a human point of view stops though that's at one point they thought of Christ as a human from a mere human point of view so in saying this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone and a new life has begun amen a new life has begun now in first Peter chapter 2 It speaks about Jesus, then it speaks about us. It says, about Jesus, from verse four, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. ye are also lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, Whereunto unto also they were appointed. But ye, ye who have believed, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. You, you see that particular scripture? it says but you're a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the excellencies of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light he's called you out of darkness out of obscurity into his marvelous light that's what the bible says in second peter hallelujah now I just want to read something for you. Second Peter, I was, hey, Peter. Wait. My God. My God. Alright. I was in First Peter, sorry. Just in First Peter. Alright. Now if we look at uh, First Peter chapter 9. First Peter, um, sorry, First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Um, I want us to that word darkness, that word darkness is the word skotos, the word skotos in the Greek and it means obscurity, obscurity that is ignorant and ignorant in respect of divine things it is the word obscurity so when the Bible says he called us from obscurity Into his marvelous light. It means that the life of the Gentile. Was obscure without Christ. And now there is meaning. In a man's life. Because he has come to Christ. So Jesus is the one that reveals the value. Of the Gentile. He's the one that reveals the value. Of the man that was without Christ. He's the one that reveals the worth. And the significance of that life. Now if we were to practically look at it here, is that when God has called him? that's why Jesus was very particular, he said war unto him who for a reason any of this one young ones shall fall by them. He said it is better for a millstone was cast around his neck and he was thrown into the sea. Because we are not supposed to make any of this one fall. Jesus treated everyone so precious. Because in Christ, the true worth of a person is revealed. The true value and the true significance of a life is revealed in Christ. Hallelujah. Now, if you are outside of Christ, and people can say, oh, that's a life that was filled with value. That's a life that was significant. He didn't need Christ to bring up the value. Well, the truth is, The value of that life that Christ reveals in the Gentile is a life that is called eternal eternal life praise the Lord it's eternal life and that eternal life is not only for this present world but even in the world to come which means the life of a man that is without Jesus is insignificant to the point that when that man leaves this earthly tent, that life is cast into the depths of hell. But for those that have believed in him, they have received immortality. Jesus has brought immortality to light. That means the life of that believer is immortal. It means when you leave this body, you are still alive and present with God. Amen. It means that that life is so significant that it cannot afford to be lost. Now, in this present world, someone might not see the value of that life because he's not able to spiritually discern it. He's not able to spiritually discern it. There are men who. I remember, and I don't like sharing this story, but it's just one of those things that really communicates reality to you. I remember there was a time when M was at its height. Bob Collingwood made a statement and said, You know, M is more valuable than the church. And you're just like, Wow. You know, sometimes arrogance and pride can come into you that you can speak anyhow. When that man got cancer, and people saw his image people were shocked it's like how the mighty can fall in a span of months and then the funny thing is when he died the next day they had appointed a ceo they had already started planning because they knew this guy's guy was dying you know do you know that how many of you had a safari had already planned <laughs> this guy's going and just like in the twinkle of an eye, the guy was gone. Just like that. So sometimes you might live and think that your life is so precious. And it's of such value. But Jesus is the one that reveals the value of that life. Because even when that life leaves that body. Hallelujah. The Bible says the body of the rich man descended into the pits of hell. But the angels came and carried Lazarus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, we have seen the high and mighty, how they have moved around with pride. If you read Psalm 73, it talks about it. The Bible says God has set them on slippery places. So a man is walking with so much pride in his heart, he has no fear or regard for God. You know, these are the things that have really hit me hard. Because I remember when we were doing a breakfast, uh, one one breakfast uh, with the coach, remember Ruby came and he was addressing us and the waiters when they were cutting plates they just made a clanging sound and he shouted and said I don't want any more movement and you could see everyone crumble. this guy is so powerful that he would speak and everyone would would shake when he would enter his building and he said he doesn't want to see cars parked outside international life house you know you couldn't in park Because you see, you can be rising, you can be at the height of your power. Like Nebuchadnezzar, who was considered to be like a god. And when the man hit rock bottom, lived like a beast for seven years. By the way, if you read the end of Nebuchadnezzar, it's like he acknowledged God. So maybe we might find him in heaven. Nebu. Um, But you can see, you can see how it might look like you're so untouchable. And then in a moment, because I I was I was shocked when I saw that man Chris sick. It was shocking. Then I saw him on TV saying, Now I know who my friends are. But everyone was surrounding you. But you see how sickness and it shows you the frailty of man. The frailty of man. When the Bible says, the earth with, with us, the uh, the flower fadeth; the grass with us, the flower fadeth. But the word of God abides forever. It shows you the frail nature of this life. So the value and the worth of this life is revealed in Christ. When Christ reveals the gentile, immortality is revealed in that man's spirit. That when that man dies, hallelujah. He is present with the Father. The man is present with the Father. Present with God. Not in the depths of hell. In torment. And in darkness. And in shame. And despair. But the man is present with the Lord. So Jesus has revealed the worth of your life. And that value that Christ has revealed that value Jesus being the light that lightens the Gentiles the Lord desires in that life to reveal himself to humanity remember God has not chosen the things that are great and most treasured he has chosen the things that are despised And he has seen, that is the life in which I want to be revealed, to be seen through. As simple as your life may be, God has chosen you to be the conduit through which he will be manifest to men. Hallelujah. Through which he will be manifest to men. And the world desires to see that because the world is hurting. The world is in so much pain. You know, it, it's it's it manifests itself in the simplest of things. There was a Sunday, uh, just uh, is a Sunday ago, when I was I came I was coming early to church to do the setup. I was coming with Franca, and we entered a car. Then I remember I'd forgotten something. I told Franca, please go and pick something. Franca offered to go and pick it, and she went quickly. Then the driver started telling me, hey, I don't know. but mpole hey, I asked him, "What kind of hey, the guy started talking?" Hey, Must have been experiencing a different breed of women. <laughs> Hi, he, he. the guy was like, "I, I used." So, so I, was, I was trying to tell him, "No, that's very normal. Like, it's not. I mean, it's a very normal thing. Like, if let's say I forgot something, my wife can go and pick it. Or the way Frank, I just went and picked it. If if one of you needs it, I can go and do it. It's, I, I I wondered what kind of world does he live in. What kind of world that this man, does this man live in? You know, we were having a conversation with some brothers, and I said, it already shows the way people's minds are polluted. That the moment somebody, for men, for them to think that the moment a man is seen with a woman, that they must be committing infidelity. So if we pass through a coffee house and we see Zach seated with somebody, the first idea is Zach is unfaithful. It shows you the way our minds have decayed hallelujah because we are supposed to be people of difference revealing God in a generation hallelujah in a generation sorry I think there was a Wi-Fi problem in a generation Praise the Lord where there is no faithfulness God is seen when men choose to stand for faithfulness in a generation where there is no love God is seen because the world with all its ability and all its wealth has not been able to afford the fruits of the Spirit they are too expensive for money The world can't afford kindness and gentleness. The world cannot afford love, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Wealth is not the answer. Billionaires are divorcing. Wealthy people are divorcing, there are problems. So the world is not able to afford the fruits of the spirit. These things are only produced by the spirit. The love, the care. The heart of godliness; they are only manifest by the spirit of God. I remember there was a time I, I've had a number of uh, you know these problems so where you move into a house and then you find that there were some historical problems, and then KPLC don't do a good job in explaining; they just come and disconnect things sometimes. And there was a time there was a, one meter was disconnected, and then I called customer service and they were very arrogant. Just said go to steamer whatever plaza or something i went there they said you're not supposed to come here your region is mapped in south sea so i went to south sea i got there and these people are so arrogant i was like how can i then one lady just said ah please come what's the problem show me just sit here then she organized they brought me tea i was like do you want bread i was like hey let them cut it so as i'm having tea with her she gets on her computer patiently she looks, she addresses the issue, addresses the issue, finds the issues there, addresses it, and restores the meter instantly. And tell me it's okay, it's done. I didn't need to no bribe, nothing, no, nothing attached. Before I left, I asked her, wait, are you born again? And she said yes. I asked her, oh, <laughs> definitely, maybe that's the reason because it was almost impossible because in that space it's like there are certain kinds of influences that work even in this government for the the way, the, the way they operate you know a man can be good like reverend mutafa musin but when he went to parliament he said he discovered there are some demons there huh? you want to come with integrity but everyone is just mad when you are there all right i mean it's hard to find that kind of sincerity that kind of integrity that kind of virtue it's hard to find it some people might try to mask it but when it's put to test you see another side that's scary but that's how god desires to be seen because that day i left there saying i have seen god because god is working in the heart of somebody god is manifesting himself in the life of somebody So, Jesus is revealing that value of a life through men. That you can meet certain people and your life is changed. Your life is transformed. You experience such goodness. Then there are people you meet and your life begins to retrogress. Unajipata uko 2012. Unasonga nyuma. And you wonder why. Because they're not bringing out the goodness of God through them. You know, the goodness of God is seen. Through men, when Jesus reveals his virtue and excellencies through men. It's seen in your kindness, it's seen in your goodness, it's seen in the life that you lead and people say I have experienced God and the way that they say they've experienced God is that they have experienced God through a man or through a woman. That's the light that lightens the Gentiles. That's God revealing himself through men and the world is in need of that the world is in desperate need of seeing christ revealed through men because the world is hurting there's so much injustice and i'm not saying only in the world but even within the church there are people who are not displaying the goodness of god they are displaying jealousy and envy and all these things that are works of the flesh and so they're not revealing christ or they're not allowing Christ to be revealed through them. And God desires for Christ to be seen even in this small congregation. Can I see Christ through you? Can I see that love? That tenderness, that care through a man? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Cuz God it's not in the it's not in the big things. I told you these big things cannot afford. They can't afford these things called the fruit of the spirit. They are too expensive. They are too expensive. You know, sometimes you can see a man from a distance and you can admire him. Oh, because we know how to do that in the world. There's one big CEO. I had seen him very renowned. Ah, He's known. He's a performer. Mm, And everyone, you know, you start admiring. Can you mentor me and all those things? That's what people do. So one time we were doing a conference in um, we were doing a conference in Naivasha, the Great Rift Valley Lodge, and I was helping them with the technical staff, one group, because those were our clients. So we had, they had gone to do a conference there, so we supplied them and I went there to help them with the conference, you know, th- those settings of, uh, maybe we doing a hybrid meeting and everything. Then the hotel people reached out to me and said, hey, we are having a technical problem with another group. We, have, we, we had supplied them with e- equipment. Could you just come and help? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. As we were going, that CEO was frustrated with his team. He saw me from a distance, because they were doing it outside in a, next to the golf course. Before I arrived, he had already released like 30 curse words on me. F you, F oh, T, T, T. Give me a road deal. he. So I went and I started looking at the equipment I'm trying to fix and the guy is barking on my ears like shouting insults at me. So, I realized, by the way, the, the things that were required for this thing to work were not there. So I just said, okay, fine. Let, let, I, I can't talk to this guy because he's shouting at me. Let me just go and see if I can get those things. So I just left and I walked away. And then he followed me. You're walking away from me. Who do you think you are? You can walk away from me. And then you see all his staff. They cannot talk because this guy is terrorizing them. They're just there. Then he went to the hotel reception. I need you to fire that guy. No, you know, he's... Then they'll tell you you can't fight him. He's not our staff. The guy just came to help. You see, you can be so egotistical. You can be so lifted that you feel like, you know, you can, experience, you can express all the arrogance that there is. But the love of Christ allows us to express his goodness, express his kindness. Jesus, the light that lightens the Gentiles. My prayer for this year is that people will see Christ Through our lives. My prayer is that people. Will see Christ. Through our lives. People will see Jesus. Through our lives. If Christ is the light. That lightens the Gentiles. Then may you be seen. May you be seen. May you be seen. As the revelation of Jesus. As the manifestation. Of the spirit. May you be seen. As the one that expresses the goodness. And the kindness. And the graciousness of God. I'm telling you it's not based on the fame Because sometimes the things we hear are disappointing Because people might see somebody so famous And they really chase after them Then when you hear the report of the experience they had You discover the person is not who they appear to be So we can sometimes pretend But we can never afford the fruits of the spirit Time will always reveal If the spirit is indeed working in us. If the spirit is indeed producing his fruit in us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And that's just the simplicity of life. It's the simplicity of life. The things that are so simple cannot be afforded with money. They cannot be afforded with money. Money cannot keep marriages. Money cannot keep love. Love is too expensive that it cannot be afforded by money. There's a statement I once had somebody say that you're so broke that the only thing you have is money. Her life. I said you're, all, you're so poor that the only thing you have is money. From a human standpoint, from a worldly standpoint, that doesn't make sense. But from a spiritual perspective, that is actually very true. Because when you peg the value of your life based on money, you then discover that your life is worthless it's worthless the only thing that it has is money and money is not the answer to you know people, money does not answer all things money is not the answer to all things money cannot keep a marriage money cannot ensure that your children will be brought up in the right values and godliness money cannot ensure that you will have a joyful home money cannot ensure that you will have a peaceful life The fruit of the spirit. And those things. Takes the work of God in our lives. So may God be seen through us. This year. May God be seen in our workplace. In our homes. In our marriages. May God be seen. And I'm talking about the authentic nature of it. Not pretense. Not big posters. Hallelujah. And big meetings. But if you come close to me. You find that I am a very nasty. And unpleasant person you find that i am a very nasty and unpleasant person that's why I, I, I feel for people who chase after great servants of god thinking that what they see is everything there is then when they get close they get so hard that they give up on church they give up on god because they were chasing after a man but if truly the fruit of the spirit is being made manifest in us which is something that a lot of churches don't like preaching on. They like the theatrics of power, the trappings of power, but when you talk about things to do with character, it's because it also checks you as a pastor. You cannot tell people have love and you yourself are not exercising it. You cannot tell people have kindness and you yourself, you're known to be the one, one of the most mean people there ever is. Hallelujah. To this day I don't understand how people can be in a ministry where they fear the man of God. Because that's not biblical. You know, when a man of God, you see even some people call for prayer, they start shaking. Because he's the presence of the Sabbath. That is not the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus, the light that lightens the Gentiles. Amen. Let's rise on our feet. My prayer, Lord, is that you will be seen Through every life that is here today. Lord, you will be seen through the kindness of our hearts. You will be seen through the sincerity of our hearts, Lord. You will be seen. You will be seen, Lord. Even as your word teaches us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. My prayer is that what will be seen through you is the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, faith, and meekness, and temperance. These are the things that cannot be afforded with money. These are the things that jesus reveals through the gentiles this is what christ reveals through us the fruit of the spirit hallelujah it's my prayer that this will be our experience this will be our experience lord even in this congregation father i pray there will be sincere love sincere joy Sincere kindness. We will not measure the value of someone's life based on the things they possess or the things they own. But based on the revelation of the spirit to cherish and to value one another. Precious Lord, we thank you. Precious Lord, we bless you. Because you are faithful. You are faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen.